0: Welcome to Western Hills Podcast. Well, I want to continue our series today. So if you would, let's pray, and then we'll dive into the message that God has for us. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would open up your word to us, that you would reveal how Jesus is alive and active in our lives today. Father, would you prepare us to hear words from you? And would you move through them into our hearts? In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Have you ever had one of those lessons that as you heard it or as you experienced it, you knew you would never forget it? One of those times where even now, perhaps for some of you, years or maybe even decades later, you still call back on this lesson. You'll say, I never will forget that. I had one of those. Back in college, one of my professors came into the classroom one day with a sign like this, and he said, this is my ILAC. He said, everybody has an ILAC. I have an ILAC, and you may not know it, but you have an ILAC. ILAC stands for I am lovable and capable. And the professor went on to say that for many of us, though, we wake up in the morning and we have this ILAC, but even as we begin to move throughout the day, this is challenged. And so perhaps it's as you come down for breakfast and maybe you spilt a little bit of the cereal and somebody else in your family says, you always make a mess. Just a little bit of it torn off. Or you go off to work, and one of your co-workers, as you walk in, says, well, it's about time you got here. Maybe you show up at school. And I don't know what your experience was as you went through school or as you're going through school right now, but I didn't go to school because it was a warmth, treasure, of feel good all the time. And so you get in a group of friends at school and you share something or you make a statement or you try to tell a joke and then somebody in the group goes, that's so stupid. Or maybe you get all the way to about sixth period and you get the paper that you worked so hard on back and across it in red ink. Why is it always red? Red ink says, incomplete, not good enough. And there's a grade that's far below what you had hoped it would be. Maybe by the end of the day, you get home as you're walking in, you've experienced all this challenge and all these, these sort of arrows and these barbs. And then it's a family member. You know, you're, you're just trying to make it to the end of the day, and it's a family member. Maybe it's a spouse. And they use a phrase that really cuts you to the quick, and they say something like, You always or you never. And. That which you started with at the beginning of the day is in pieces by the end. So this professor walked us through a day like that, and he showed what was laying on the ground, and he says, and this idea that you're lovable and capable gets challenged and chipped away and gets ripped and shredded, and then... He looked at us, those of us that were all training for ministry, and he said this: He said, Your words matter. Don't ever forget it. And he was highlighting that truth that you and I know to be true, even though the old phrase, and if you've been here before, you've heard me say this before: Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, they do real damage. Right, And there's something about this experience that I don't care how old you are. This is still something many of us walk through every single day. And at night, you try to kind of put all the pieces back together and you put on a stiff upper lip and you raise your chin up and you go tackle it again. And then you get home the next day and you feel the same way. So as Lane mentioned at the beginning when he did the call to worship, we're going to talk about encouragement today. Now, if you are running an encouragement surplus, you're free to leave, okay? If you're just fed up with being encouraged, this isn't for you. But most of our world, most of us, we're running a deficit, aren't we? And encouragement is one of those things as we look at the encourage one another, these one another passages, it's the one, it's pretty simple to overlook, isn't it? Because... It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot at stake. I mean, let's focus on the Ten Commandments. Let's focus on some of the big commandments that we need to, to be there for. But this encourage one another. That one, okay, I'll, I'll try to do that one. But that, if, if I don't, it, who's going to call me up and say, hey, you didn't encourage today? So if you have your Bibles or you've got the handout that we have, I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, the author of Hebrews is given a sermon. That's what Hebrews is. And he gives this command right in the middle of this sermon. And it's one of those those sermons that you think, or one of those verses where, yeah, that's what a preacher would say. And maybe you've even heard this, and oftentimes we take it out of context. But if we'll slow down and pay attention to it, there's a message for us. So, the writer of Hebrews, this sermon that he's given, he's, the sermon is for Christians that are feeling on the outside. They feel like they've had their ilac torn to shreds because they're living in a culture that does not support the fact that they believe in Jesus and call Him Lord. Because their claim goes against the claim that says Caesar is Lord. And so they're struggling, they're being challenged, and they're losing even some of their jobs because of this. And their families are disowning them because of this. And they need... Some words to encourage. Here's what the author says. He says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope. He says, hold on to this where you have a life that's unswerving. When your teenager learns to drive a car, you pray that they're unswerving, right? You don't want them going left and right all the time. You don't want them trying to find center back and forth frantically. You want them on the mark. So let us hold on the mark to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And there's our verse. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, so often this verse is taken to say you need to be in church. Let's not give up meeting together. Now, that is absolutely true because there's a blessing here, but that's not why he's not saying it because God takes attendance. He's not saying God needs you to show up because he needs to have you on the roll. He's saying there's an opportunity that the world is not going to take and we need to put ourselves in environments where we can be the recipient of and the deliverer of this thing called encouragement. Because the writer of Hebrews knows that none of us are running an encouragement surplus. None of us are going, I'm so tired of being encouraged. He knows that we're running deficits and for many of you... It's killing you, isn't it? And so, what I want to do is, I want to pay attention to what encouragement means. Because one thing that you need to know encouragement is this idea about motivating you, each other, towards Jesus. Encouragement is motivating each other towards Jesus, not just nice words said. But encouragement is when you and I have an interaction, have some type of connection, some type of relationship, where both of us are motivated in the direction of Jesus. That's what it means when we talk about biblical encouragement. That God is using you to influence me. I'm, God's using me to influence you. And together, we're moving towards the one that we say is Lord. So one way to say it is not... You, you have a personal faith, but God also designed us to have a collective faith together. Nobody should be doing this alone. So I want to talk, in the time we've got left, I want to talk about three ways that you get to have encouragement. And before we get there, the word encourage that they use that's used in this passage? The Greek word for it is parakaleo, okay? Parakaleo, and it means to strengthen. So did you ever think about our English word encourage? Encourage is to provide courage for, to strengthen up, to strengthen by consolation. And it may also be interesting for you to know Parakaleo is often a used word to refer to the Holy Spirit, the encourager. And so in a very real way, what the author of Hebrews is, getting, is trying to understand is you can be part of this Spirit of God encouraging each other, strengthening each other in the midst of the world that's trying to tear you down. And it's trying to pull you away, distract you from the one that you profess to serve. So I'm going to do three practical ways. And I'm going to go to three examples and we're going to jump around very quickly through through some of our, th- these contexts. But the first one is this. The first way is that you can encourage is you actually say and speak words of blessing to one another. Words of blessing. If you have a Bible and you want to keep track or you just want to write these references down, Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. Acts is a history of the The emerging church. And in Acts 11, we find this story. News of this. Now, what's the news? News is what was going on in Antioch. There's Jerusalem and there's Antioch. And the church takes root in Antioch and it's going like gangbusters. And there's all kinds of incredible things happening and their faith is heard about. And it makes, the news of that makes it all the way down to Jerusalem. And so what do they do? And so they sent Barnabas to Antioch. Now, why did they pick Barnabas? You may know that Barnabas' name means son of encouragement. So let's send the encourager to Antioch and find out what's going on. When he arrived, he saw what the grace of God had done. He was glad and he lived up to his name. He encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts see what Barnabas did we provide words of blessing now we don't mean simply you go around saying nice things to everybody in fact I was working on this this sermon together with with Lane Luttrell and so and Lane had this great quote and I think this is great here's Lane's quote it's not just a compliment that we're talking about and so that this has more meaning we'll put his name up there okay <laughs> It's not just a compliment. So it's not, hey, you're pretty, um, I like your hair, nice dress. Those are wonderful things to say. But biblical encouragement, remember, is motivating somebody in the direction of Jesus, not just paying compliment. And so this is where we open our eyes. What Barnabas did, he showed up, he surveyed, he looked around, and he looked for, he looked for... What God was doing and then he commented on that. He saw how God was at work in their midst and he encouraged them by identifying that. Now you want to encourage somebody? You get them aside and you say, I see God doing this in you. I I am the recipient and have been so blessed by, by men and women that at certain points in my life, they came alongside of me. I never will forget when I was back in college, I had all kinds of self doubt of whether or not I was cut out for ministry. And one day, a guy that many of you know, Robert Oldsby, used to be a youth minister here many years ago. I was in one of his classes, and he just took me aside one day and he said, Scott, you can do this. You have it within me, within you to do that. It's one of those days I don't forget. I stand here today because of a conversation years ago. I don't know that Robert knew all the impact that that would have. But what he was doing, he was saying, I see God at work in you in this way. Even when you can't see it, this is what I see. And you're calling out the activity and the purpose of God and you share these words of blessing. What would it be like if husbands and wives shared a word of blessing for each other in our marriage. I see God working you this way. It. What about parents to your children? I, I see God working at you in you this way. To to friends to somebody in your home group. I see God working you this way. What what incredible blessing that is! That. You may not know this, but I've got got a file in my office, and the label of the file says, Not Today. Every time you send me one of an encouragement note or a card or an email, I print it out and I put it into that file. And the Not Today is on the days I feel like quitting and giving up, I'll go through that file and I'll find some of these cards, and so many of you have been so kind and so generous with your encouragement, they'll say, You said this in a sermon, that meant so much to me. You were there at the funeral and that meant the world to us. We see God working this way. And it encourages me, it gives me the courage, it puts the wind back into the sails, and I can keep going. And I'm so grateful for that. Words of blessing that you provide. second way is this. A ministry of prayer. For Each other. If you have your Bibles, flip to the letter that is known as Colossians chapter 4. Colossians and then chapter 4, we'll be in verse 12. This is Paul writing once again, and he highlights a guy named Epaphras. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Epaphras, we don't know hardly anything about Epaphras, but we do know at one point he had joined with Paul and he was a coworker with Paul. And what Paul says is he writes back to the church that also knows Epaphras. He says, he is praying for you. Fervently, all the time, he's praying for you. Be encouraged by what he's praying for. I am probably the most prayed-for guy that I know. And I say that humbly and gratefully because I can't tell you how many times one of you will come up to me and say, I am praying for you today. I am praying for you today because I want your words to matter to somebody that I love. Many of you recall Jane Lee, I shared her story Wednesday night during our summer series. Jane Lee spent most of her life being a missionary. And then, the last part of her life, when she wasn't physically able to do that, Jane Lee took on a very powerful ministry of praying for me. And she was, it, Jane Lee probably didn't weigh 90 pounds, but she was an imposing lady. And she would grab me on Sunday mornings that she could still be present. And she'd say, I've been praying for you today. And when Jane Lee said it, she didn't mean that she mentioned my name while she was brushing her teeth. It meant she'd been up at four in the morning praying for me and praying what God was going to do. Now, when she told me that, what do you think that did to me? That told me what was at stake. And that told me that it's not my power at work, but God's power at work. And he's going to be able to do something here. So one of the ways that we cannot overlook is this power of prayer that we have for one another. Because not just speaking words of blessing, but praying for you. Have you noticed how incredibly encouraging it is when somebody that you shared something with a week ago... They bring it back up, and they say, I've been praying for you. When they tell you that, what does that do for you? So here's Epaphras, separated from this church that he loves, out helping Paul, but he has never, ever forgotten to be praying. Now, this is Paul saying he prays fervently for you. And there's that ministry of prayer. Last one's this words of blessing, prayer, the ministry of presence. The ministry of your presence and the encouragement of that. One more scripture. Second Timothy 1, 15-18. Paul, once again, You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phagelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Oniferous, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that He will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. When Ephesus shows up, he goes looking for Paul. Paul is in prison. He's chained. Others are now preaching against Paul because they're saying that because he's in chains, that invalidates his ministry. And in spite of how it looks, the optics aren't great. Monifersus goes and he's with Paul. You see what Paul says? Even though he, he could have been ashamed of me, even though he could have kept his distance from me, he came and he showed up. It doesn't even say he said anything. It just says he was there. and the powerful ministry of presence, there's a place for you just to show up when someone else is struggling. And this is a difficult one. Because let's be honest, when we show up, often it's because the other person is in some type of pain and we don't know how to deal with that pain. Right? Can I encourage you by this? Just show up. You don't have to put words there. Just be there. That is a ministry of encouragement in and of itself. I've shared so many times, but it's so formative to me that when my mom was in an ICU room dying, there was a waiting room full of people. And after one long day, I'd gone home and got a nap and was headed back up. And there sat Tammy. And Tammy was a friend of mine from back in high school. And Tammy is sitting there and she's the only one in the, this waiting room at this particular moment. And I walk in, Tammy, wow, why are you here? She goes, I thought you guys could use some food. And I look down at Tammy's feet was a box... And I mean, a box, a big box of Subway sandwiches. said, oh, Tammy, I'm sorry that I wasn't here. She goes, that's okay. I'm just going to wait for you. She had a smile. So encouraging. I don't remember anything else that Tammy said. I I don't remember anything else. But I'm never going to forget. Tammy was there. I, I, I can remember with incredible clarity all those that were there at that moment. You don't have to say anything. Just show up. Just be in that moment. Sometimes it's better if you don't say anything. Because all, we all have these recollections of somebody that said something that was so inappropriate at that moment. Just be there. Because here's what God hasn't asked you to do. He's not asked you to fix it. That's not... There's no commandment in all of the New Testament as we look at these one another passages that ever says, please fix one another. You're freed from that. You don't, that's not on you. The charge is, encourage one another. Because it's not within you to fix it anyway. Many of you know who Brene Brown is. Brene Brown is a sociologist, psychologist, speaker from down in the Houston area. And she spent her career studying shame. Now, you want to talk about a fun topic. Studying shame. And what she does is she's encouraged that when people find themselves in the midst of a dark season, the most powerful thing is for somebody to come alongside them and not try to fix it. Here's how she says it. This is her quote. A response rarely fixes anything, but a connection makes all the difference. Isn't that true? A response rarely fixes anything, but a connection makes all the difference. And here's why this is so important. As we go through life and our self-worth, the way we see ourselves is ripped and shredded by the world. Jesus has stepped in. And Jesus speaks a word of encouragement to us that says, I love you regardless. And then Jesus has always been praying for us. That's why we call him the intercessor. He's petitioning on our behalf. He's, he prayed in, in the end of John that gospel, we have this long prayer where he's praying for all of his followers, the disciples that were right around him, and then all the way through history, including you and me. He's praying. And then when he could have stayed at a distance and he had the best reason in the world because he's God and we're not, instead he put on skin and he moved in next to us. And he connected, even in the midst of all of our brokenness. So here's my call for you. Who needs to hear from you this week? Who, who needs to be encouraged by you this week? Here's what I'd like you to do. If you've got a cell phone, pull it out right now, please. It's okay. This is church. I'm giving you permission. What I'd like you to do is I'd like you to open your message app. And in the send, the, the, where it's headed, the address place, I, I want you to type a name of a person that you can speak words of blessing into. You can let them know that you're praying for them or that you're there for them regardless of what it takes. Just put that name in there. You don't have to fill out the whole message right now. But before the day is out, I want you to come back to that. And I want you to send them, And you get to be part of God's ministry of this encouragement, this strengthening, this consolation. Exactly what Jesus has done for us. Let me pray. Father, I know that it's so easy to overlook this. I know it's so easy to run past these scriptures and get into something that seems like it's got more meat or is deeper. Father, I pray that we would be encouragers. I pray that we would speak Jesus into each other's worlds. I pray that we would would be fervent in prayer, lifting one another up constantly. I pray that we would show up And just be there when we need to be. Father I'm so grateful for so many that. Encourage me. That pray for me. And that have walked alongside me at some dark times. I just say thank you Father for the way that that has encouraged me. And for the most I'm grateful for Jesus. That did all this. Long before we ever acknowledged him. Name Jesus. I pray, Amen. Thank you for listening to this Western Hills podcast. Please visit our website, WesternHillsOnline.org, to find out more about us.